Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss well water in Honolulu becoming tainted with petroleum, marijuana mold that caused hospitalization, and a trial against a molester employed by a mental health center. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 115 for the week of December 13th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. Before we get started, our diagnosis code of the week is S63.259 or unspecified dislocation of unspecified. <laughs> Vague. Vaguest diagnosis. Some finger had some issue. Something was something happened, but we know it was on the hand and it was a dislocation. Yeah, some sure. part of something was dislocated. We don't know where. We no. don't know how. But we, at least yep. we know the general location. There's 10 options. Right. You got a one in 10 chance. One in 10. I'd play those odds. <laughs> These diagnosis codes just, they drive me nuts. I don't get, I don't, how does that helpful in any capacity? It's not, it can't be. <laughs> it must just be a general code that they use and then they have another code to back it up. It's gotta be. Right. Gotta be. Anyways, first up, Navy cleaning their own waters. The Hawaii Department of Health is ordering the Navy to take immediate action to address contaminated drinking water at Joint Base Pearl Harbor Hickman. This issue has forced more than 700 people from their homes and left parents fearing the water they bathed their children in made them sick. Testing revealed petroleum, hydrocarbons, and vapors in the water. It has since been confirmed that a petroleum leak is the cause of this disaster. The military has offered all service members and civilian employees living near the base the opportunity to get alternative housing. They will be covering the cost of hotel rooms for more than 700 people. Honolulu is now relying on its other wells to maintain water service to its customers. This isn't posing a huge problem during the current wet season, but the system could become strained during the summer months. Mm. You got to clean I up your messes, what man. caused the leak. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's in a military base, so I guess there's just petroleum just hanging out. Yeah. The bases, I mean, just, you know, you get a grand tour of the base. You're like, oh, that's the petroleum pool. Yeah, no problem. There it is. No big deal. It's just out. It's just hang. You know, we like to just throw stuff in it every once in a while. Whatever. What are you going to do? Contaminating our water. But, I mean, at least they're cleaning it up. At least they're acknowledging their role in it and just being And It's, I guess, a hotel room is no, like, substitute for a home. But at least they're putting people up and covering the cost and all that kind of stuff. So, hopefully, they can get it resolved quickly. They don't say a timeline, but... Mm-mm. CNN seems to think who is the source of this. CNN seems to think that it's going to be longer than into summer. Although that could just be something to, you know, make people be like, "Oh no!" Right. But who knows? All right. All right. Next up, we have moldy marijuana. At least eighteen people complained of mild allergic reactions and other health concerns after consuming recalled marijuana from Michigan. Some even had to be hospitalized due to the negative effects on their health. The recall was issued November 17th, and the Michigan Marijuana Regulatory Agency, MRA, warned that consumers with weakened immune systems or lung disease were at the highest risk for the health-related incidents. The marijuana was tainted with aspergillus, a mold that might not cause fungal infection but can impact lung function. The recall applied to the vast majority of marijuana tested by Viridis between August 10th and November 16th. Extracted THC products that don't undergo testing for yeast or mold were not included. 
The MRA recalled an estimated 64,000 pounds of marijuana worth almost $230 million on November 17th, based on the court findings, although the MRA has never disclosed how much total product was recalled or sold to the public. Uh, so in a nutshell, moldy weed sends people to the hospital. Right. Yeah. It's a moldy weed, man. <laughs> That's gotta be careful with that. Aspergillus kind of looks like a, it looks like a nasty, uh, I guess you could say dandelion with the oh, seeds out. That's what it okay. kind of looks like. So anything like fungal, like it's like scary, like getting spores in your lungs is like, geez, it's like a scary thought. Anytime I think, that is a scary I think about it, it's just like, oh my gosh, how does that go Absolutely. Away? And yeah. like, well, and you assume a lot of these people are using marijuana for health related things. And then suddenly they're causing health related things. It's like, oh man, I, wonder if, I mean, this probably I took this to de-stress and now I'm in the hospital. Yeah. This probably institutes the FDA, right? Maybe, I guess. I mean, I, you know, it's going to be like some sort of FDA recall when we get to that part where marijuana is eventually legalized because it's becoming more and more decriminalized across the, the states. It just feels like it's going to eventually be completely legal. Right. I feel like there's going to be stories about marijuana recalls because of something like this. But right. I feel like this has, sure. to, I mean, this has to get the FDA involved. I mean, obviously, right now, it's just the Michigan Marijuana Regulatory Agency, which is a state level regulatory service, but it probably goes beyond that as well. Next up, justice for minor patients. A hips of a man accused of sexually assaulting a patient at a children's mental health facility stood trial last week in Richmond County Superior Court. Timothy Carroll, age 51, has pleaded not guilty on six charges, aggravated child molestation, child molestation, aggravated sexual battery, false imprisonment, electronically furnishing obscene material to a minor and sexual assault against a person in custody. He has been held without bond since his arrest in August of 2017, and the crimes allegedly occurred in August of 2017 at the Lighthouse Care Center in Augusta, Georgia, where Carroll had worked as an administrator's coordinator. The alleged victim was a 14-year-old girl committed to the Center for Treatment in July 2017. Two additional charges against Carol involving a second young teen were dismissed due to how testifying could be harmful to the child's mental health. That's a dark story. That was really, yeah, that's hard, man. Whew. We don't um, touch a lot of those stories. Justice but, is served on this yeah, guy. And that just goes um, to show you got to be careful, like, especially when it comes to like health centers and things like that. Like, Yeah, it's kind of crazy. You go to a, you know, you... That mental health is becoming more and more less and less, I guess, less and less stigmatized, more and more in the public eye. Right. Say. Um, but so, you, you know, you, you, you try to be a parent, a good parent, and you notice your, your kid might be struggling mentally. So you right. take them to this mental health facility and then they end up getting, you know, abused. That's not that's not right. It's not what, what, what we want. I mean, unfortunately, sometimes these things happen even in other healthcare facilities as well. So yeah. Yeah, that's that's rough. With that, let's go into our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach. All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the latest breaches all across the world. First up, Albert, take it away. All right. Bitmark blockchain breach. BBB. Crypto trading platform BitMart says it will use its own money to reimburse victims of a large-scale security breach in which hackers took as much as $196 million. BitMart claims hackers withdrew about $150 million in assets. 
However, blockchain security and data analytics firm PeckShield, which first publicized the hack, estimates that the loss is closer to $200 million. What happened following the breach was pretty straightforward, according to PeckShield. After transferring the funds out of BitMart, hackers apparently used the decentralized exchange aggregator known as OneInch to exchange the stolen tokens for Ether. From there, the Ether coins were deposited into a privacy mixer known as Tornado Cash, which makes the money harder to trace. So, there are so many words that I did not understand here. Yeah, there was a lot there. So and, Ether, yeah. Ether Coin, Tornado Cash, Peck Shield, One Bitmart. Inch, lots of things. Bitmart, Bit Blockchain. <laughs> Wait, you don't know what blockchain is? No, I do know what blockchain is. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but there's a lot of terms. You're right. So it's, it's, basically, it's what this seems like is a hacker got into an organization that's a blockchain, a black, a, a blockchain mm-hmm. organization where they sell, or they either sell or hold, uh, you know, different types of cryptocurrencies. Sure. Which is just blockchain, right? That's the same thing. Um, and it looks like the hackers got in and took some of it and then some bad things happened which is crazy because the whole point about blockchain and 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 crypto is that it's like untraceable and it's super secure but if people are getting into these companies that aren't secure and they're taking the bitcoin then that then probably becomes untraceable that right that they stole it which is kind of a crazy thought so i never thought about some sort of blockchain hack, but it seems like that's probably the future of cybersecurity attacks coming down the line here. Yeah, and then they throw it into this like tornado. Which is <laughs> yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Don't forget about the tornado. <laughs> right. That was nuts. The cyber tornado, tornado cash, if you will. <laughs> Next up, Gravatar scraped maliciously. The security alert company Have I Been Pwned notified users that the profile information of 114 million Gravatar users had been leaked online in what they characterized as a data breach. Gravatar denies that it was hacked. The user information was scraped off of the Gravatar accounts, and while technically that isn't a breach, the manner in which user information was stored by Gravatar made it easy for a person with malicious intent to obtain user information, which could then be used as part of another attack to gain passwords and access. So this is like a data scraping they just data scraped it, and then they're going to try to do some brute force attacks is basically what this is. Right? Yeah. So they get all this information from people. They try to, you know, just brute force their way into these accounts um, and, you know, log any successful passwords and accounts that they get and then either use them maliciously or sell them on the dark web maliciously. So either way, this is like a step in the pyramid that is the successful cybersecurity attack. Right. But you know, just getting more and more like, I don't know, advanced and yeah, pretty soon there's going to be DIY. Exactly. That's exactly. It's going to be homegrown stuff. I mean, it already kind of is homegrown in a lot of cases, but it's going to be easier. It already is a DIY video, but yeah, right, right. There probably is. It's only going to get worse. That just means to keep your security and your, you know, your passwords changed, make them all different and stay informed yes stay vigilant stay vigilant folks vigilant all right 
Appointment dates and times exposed. As of last Monday, the full names of hundreds of patients for at least one Tulane University campus health doctor were left publicly visible to all individuals with a Tulane University email address. The information was accessible via Microsoft Outlook's calendar feature without privacy measures redacting private information about meetings and appointments on other individuals' calendars. After being alerted to the breach, Tulane secured patient information. So it seems like the doctor was just scheduling of doc patient appointments on Microsoft Outlook. <laughs> yeah, on like a public calendar. And then they were probably like putting details like, hey, we're going to talk about, you know, right. Your arthritis. Right, exactly. Your chronic back pain. <laughs> and then anybody who like got a calendar invite was like, oh, look, I can see everybody else's. <laughs> yeah. <that's, laughs> look at everybody. I yeah. Mean, um, Not great. Not great. Yeah. This is uh, the patient appointment boogaloo problem you know what i mean i don't know <laughs> i don't know what yeah. i'm going with that uh or that what that term means but it just means that tulane is probably going to have um to pay a fine for something like this because that's just like that seems like almost willful neglect right no for real they're just like we know that this is probably not good but meh, we're not going to look yeah. into it we're just going right. to use it because this is what most businesses use and i like outlook so we're going to use it and then just and it's easy right yeah exactly can't be public, people. Can't be come public. Come on. Come on. And that's it for this week's wrap-up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.